Hello and welcome back to Creating Powerful Impact. I'm your host, Shay Wheat, founder of Grace and Ease Productions. And I'm really excited to have our guest on today because it's something that we don't necessarily talk about in the way that we should talk about it. So I have the pleasure of introducing you to Shinabu Hindert, who has spent over a decade of creating and managing complex financial plans, overseeing $350 plus million in client assets, has taught over 500 live personal finance workshops, and now helps women create the lifestyle they've always wanted, but thought they could never afford. And really, I think it's fantastic because her goal is to simplify the complex world of finance and help women build wealth, invest with confidence, and find financial freedom. Please help me welcome her to the Creating Powerful Impact stage. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much, Shay. I love listening to your podcast because you're just always bringing some light and humor. And um, so I'm just excited to be here. And so if I get tripped up, it's just because I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, um, like I said, we don't necessarily talk about this like I think we should, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're not, we're not taught financial education in school. We don't talk about it. You don't mention it. It's like, kind of like a dirty little secret. I think people are like, oh, don't, don't ask them how much they make or how they invest or how they're creating wealth or what is it that they need to be doing and how do we use it and all the things. So I love that you're actually going, no, let's take a look at it. Let's see. It's not as scary as we might think, but um, I would love for you to share, you know, how are you going out in the world and and creating your wave of change out there with women and talking about really reaching financial freedom? I think the biggest thing is opening up that discussion, because if I look at my immediate friend group, I have some friends that are really open about it and want to ask questions. They're comfortable talking about how much they've paid for something, whether it's an investment or real estate, whatever it is. And then I have other really good friends that I've known for a very long time who clam up and you can see it in their body where they're just like, nope, this is a do not discuss zone. So it, it is a fine balance of, yes, we do want to talk about it, but it also has to be, you want to meet people where they are. So I think what's nice about what I do is I'm getting a lot of women that want to talk about it because they're poking their head out going, wait a minute you're talking about this, they might bring a friend or two, but then they're very comfortable talking about this almost amongst people they don't know because Mm. they all have this common theme, this thirst for knowledge. They want to learn more and their guards are down because they don't have to turn to their best friend and then go, oh, I'm making more money than you. They're not having that, that kind of discussion. It's not a competition. It's we want information. Let's go get this information. And now what do we do with this information? So it's more of a, um, just an incredible turnout of women who are wanting to ask, ask these questions because they want to responsibly manage their money. They want to build wealth and they don't want to be shy about it anymore. They're like, I know there's pieces of the puzzle that I'm missing. Shinabu has the answers. Give them to me. I'm ready. Yeah. So like, what are the questions we should be asking? I think that the biggest thing is figuring out what you want for your life and actually looking at it, writing it down, creating your own little map to what are these things you want to achieve. And some of the biggest hiccups that I see women face is they don't 
it's a time thing. It's, it's also, do they have enough time to sit down and actually, we don't want to plan on every step of our lives, but people kind of discount what they could have or what they could get or going after things that they really want because they're like, oh, I, that's probably too much. I couldn't afford that. Or, or that's not for me because maybe that's what they were told when they were growing up. Maybe they were told that in some of their jobs. So it's kind of getting really honest and vulnerable with yourself. Like, what do you really want? And I don't care if somebody has 10 financial goals. That's good. That means you know what you want. If you're vague and you're kind of going after these financial goals and you don't really know, then you're never really hitting that success metric because you don't even know what it is. So the more we can write it down, maybe the goalpost changes a little bit. Maybe they can't do all of those things in the next couple of years, but they have clarity on, okay, we did want to purchase this home. We wanted to do it in the next two years, but based on our plan coming together, it's looking more like five years, but we can do that. Okay. Then I wanted to grow my business. Maybe I need to slow down a little bit and, you know, invest a certain percentage in that every single month. What does that look like? Oh, what is my retirement looking like? You know, putting all these pieces together. When we look at the goals individually, it's easy to kind of get stuck on that one track. And then once you hit that goal, you're looking around and going, well, I'm never going to hit the other ones because you didn't spend any time on them. So it really is just about putting pen to paper, looking at what kind of lifestyle do you want to have creating kind of a bucket for each of those things within your lifestyle and then having systems and as much as you can automate these systems going into those buckets. So you're doing everything simultaneously without this being a full-time job. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So that's, that's probably the, one of the biggest questions, right? Is like, okay, what do I start vision and start, you know, okay. Now that we have the vision, let's go ahead and just start putting things into buckets. But I mean, why is it even important to be investing our money? So I named the book Investing is Your Superpower because as I've been in this industry, we see lots of charts. We got graphs, we got charts, we got charts on charts. I have charts about charts. and Excel documents and... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But as people, we don't make decisions based on charts, right? It's like, it's a good data point to know, okay, you're not making this crap up, but that's not going to drive someone to make a decision. So really the the decisions behind those are, there's so much of this that is tied to emotions. So I do in the beginning of my book, really have people talk about and bring up what are their how do they make financial decisions? What emotions come up with that? Because even though I'm, you know, 17 years in this business, I get really uncomfortable when I have to make big financial decisions to the point that I'm sweating. Even if I know logically it's the right thing to do, I feel physically uncomfortable and I typically don't sleep well that night. So I have to go through a process of what makes me feel better and have more conviction around this logical brain to get my emotions to catch up. So it's very real that we make emotional decisions with our money. So for people to understand where's their starting point, what are those you know goals going to look like, and then how do they get there is, is really important um, part of the process. Hmm. Okay. I love that. Now, so we've got the vision, we've got the buckets. Now, what are we doing? How, how do we go forward from here? Yeah. So just to kind of hit on, I know I... Um, I don't want to say I backtrack, but I kind of went on a little tangent there about emotions. But the whole purpose of investing is the sooner you can get started, the better, because you want to take advantage of time. 
So when you look at all of these charts that I'm talking about, they'll show you, okay, someone who started saving money when they were 20 is seeing this exponential growth by the time they're 60 versus someone who started at age 40, they're seeing less of that growth. It just goes back to the mindset because when we're in our 20s or even in our 30s, we're like, I don't have the money to invest. I need to like start this business or I need to get this next thing because I'm just trying to survive over here. So we're not thinking about the future. And we all often tell ourselves, I'll do it when I have more money. I'll do it when I have more money. Most often when we get that bigger paycheck or we get paid more, we then go after a bigger ticket item that we've been waiting for that we're like, this is, you know, I needed to upgrade my car. I've been driving this hunk of junk around. I need to get a new one. That's where that money's going. We're not saving more. So the time to start is now. And when you're investing, you're taking advantage of compounding growth. So you start to grow your money and then your money that was growing starts to grow. So you start to basically increase the value of your assets through time and an investment strategy. Now it has to be the right investment, but that's what you're taking advantage of. So even if somebody's starting later on in life and they have, let's say today you're starting with, you know, a thousand dollar investment and 20 years from now you can start with 10,000, you're better starting off today with that thousand than waiting over a period of time. So the industry has really become um, more friendly to people that don't have a ton of assets. Traditionally, it was like minimums, fees, like all these little things you were kind of getting, you know, dinged around, you open an account, it's like account fee. And then, you know, you're opening up and it's like, okay, penalty, you don't have the minimums. Oh, you know, you're kind of kind of getting nickel and dimed the whole time. But technology has really opened up the space to get rid of minimums for a lot of different investments, get rid of maintenance fees, all of that. And you can invest with $50 a week directly going into an investment. That wasn't an option when I started in this industry. Mm, Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I'm glad to hear, you know, we're not getting as nickel and dimed anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you mentioned technology. Talk to me a little bit about the technology that is out there right now and you know maybe some pros and cons to using technology versus you know having somebody's brain on this there's i think a fine balance of using a combination of both because everything is at our fingertips so we could do whatever we want with our money at any point in time i could trade in an international market you know if i'm out not that i do this cuz i go to bed at nine o'clock. But let's say <laughs> hypothetically, I was out at a bar at 2 a.m. in New York City, hanging out with my friends and I wanted to trade in an international market. You can literally just whip out your phone, push a couple buttons and it's going through. So yeah. technology has also um, really advanced how quickly the market changes. So volatility is always going to be there. You're, you know, We see the headlines of the market is crashing or the market, you know, had the best day of the year, you're kind of, you're going to continue to see this forever because technology, we don't have to wait for, um, you know, when these stockbrokers are standing on the floor, you know, at the exchange to place orders, we can kind of do it ourselves. So technology has been made it more accessible. Um, and it's also decreased a lot of the fees. So a lot of the investment vehicles are now automated. So you don't have to pay a middleman and somebody else and somebody else to get directly invested. You can do it yourself. But with that, there's also been some gamification where they make it fun to invest. 
And that can be really dangerous because if you don't really know what you're doing, and we've seen a few years of really explosive growth in the markets, you become overconfident. You know, you actually think that you know what you're doing. And then when the market turns around the other way, you're going, oh, shoot, what, you know, what's my strategy here? So I, there's a fine balance. I think anytime you're investing your money, especially if it's hard earned money, partner with a professional who has your back, who you can ask challenging questions to as kind of just your advocate of, am I, here's what I'm thinking. Am I doing the right thing? Does this make sense? And they're looking at it holistically because there's so much FOMO when you're investing, you know, you just don't want that to be your driver as to making uh, investment decisions. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm, I'm curious, like with all the technology that's out there and you're investing over here and, and here and here and here, like is there a place to pull all of those things together under one umbrella or like, is it just, you know, you have it in different places? No, I would try to keep everything in one under one roof and simplify your life as much as you can. If you're dealing with a larger investment firm like a Charles Schwab or Fidelity, they're going to have pretty much any investment vehicle you want to invest in under their roof. So rather than opening a bunch of different things, um, one of the classic things I see with people that I'm, I'm working with is they do all this gathering of their information. And it's a lot for them to stop their, basically take time out of their careers to go collect statements and do this. And by the time they're done, they're like, "Woo, I, this took me a lot. I'm exhausted. And it's like, oh, this is just the beginning. We're just getting started. Now we actually have to look at these things and take a look at your big picture. And so if we could eliminate any of that decision fatigue, that brain fog that you're getting by collecting this information, just having it in one place that you can pull up pretty quickly. I nickname all my accounts. So I don't need have to remember like, what was that one for? Is this my emergency? Is that my checking? It's like, this is for school. This is for taxes. This is, I probably look crazy if someone were to look up my accounts, like, why do you have 15 accounts? And I have this, so I don't have to think. So I can just look at it and be like, okay, that's what it is. And there's automated systems behind all of it. And that's what really I encourage people to do is not have all of these different things everywhere because it, it uses brain power every time you're trying to collect that. Yeah. It's kind of like remembering all of your passwords. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Simplify. Yeah. Keep it simple. Set up your buckets, keep it simple, automate it, and then make sure that it's it's, it's just like a, an event, right? We always start with the end in mind. Same thing here, starting with the end in mind. And then how are we going to break it down so that we can reach that end goal, right? That's, that's exactly right. I feel like you're ready to teach a financial class to event planners. I'm like, you nailed it. That's exactly it. It's the same thing. It's different elements inside of it, but that same level of planning, that road mapping, step-by-step -step of how to get there, of starting with the end in mind, That's that's exactly right. Beautiful. I love it. So um, you mentioned your book earlier, and yes. I believe you have a, a bit of a gift for us. Could you share a little bit more? Yes. So I wrote Investing is Your Superpower, and it uh, really takes you through three different phases. So you don't have to read every single chapter in order. You can kind of dig into, you know, if you're more interested in investment strategies, you can skip right ahead to that chapter. So if you go to my website, which is empoweredplanning.com um, and just put in your email address, I will send you a free copy of the first chapter. So you can see like, is this your style, right? There's so many financial books, investing books. I've read 
a hundred of them um, and they have different styles. So it depends on what you're looking for. So this isn't necessarily the end solution for everyone, but I tried to make it as funny as possible, as much of a page turner as I could, because I didn't want this to be a textbook. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important too, is, you know, finding your right person, right. And making sure that you actually can connect and relate. And it's in a way that you know, works in your brain for the communication. So I love that. And teaching it in a way that's exciting because, you know, not everybody loves spreadsheets as much as I do. I know. (laughs) And I created three different characters that are introduced in the beginning of the book. And then every chapter, the concepts that I teach, I show you how they apply it to their individual situations. So you may not, may not identify with each of the characters, but it gives you an idea of, okay, how are these three people taking these concepts and incorporating them into their lives? And it's, it's all kind of bite-sized chapters. And then I give checklists and kind of to do. So that way, by the end of it, you're feeling really comfortable. Even if you don't want to do the investments yourself, when you work with a planner or you work with a professional, you at least have better questions um, or feel more comfortable asking questions about your specific situation. I love it. I love it. So sadly, we have to start wrapping things up, but I would love for you to share, you know, like what is your big takeaway or some type of memorable note? that you would like to leave our audience with today? A big memorable note. I think the statistics are 80% of women are going to be solely responsible for their finances at one point in their life. So big takeaway is learn something this year about money or investing that you didn't already know. Mm, That's a good one. I really like that. And that's an easy next best step. Yeah, you don't have to become an expert and do all this crazy stuff and become an editor in, uh, you know, Wall Street Journal, but just take take a step to say, I'm going to empower myself, even if it's just a little bit with this nugget of information, and then share it with someone. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you, audience, for joining us on another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm really excited for you to take the lessons and the resources that you learned here today start implementing them, go out and, you know, find that one new thing for you uh, so that you can create more impact in your world. Until next time, have an outstanding rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.